welcome back to another episode of Weekly. Hope that you are well. Hope that you are staying safe and staying indoors. I know that I've been inside a lot over the last couple weeks and will continue to be for the foreseeable future as things hopefully flatten, as the curve begins to flatten. We shall see. Um, it's, it's a crazy time, wild time out there. Um, today I want to do something different on the podcast, and that is I want to play a conversation that my friend Eric and I had the other day. And um, Eric and I have been friends for about five years. You may remember him from one of the episodes in the past. If you go back in time on the archives of Weekly, you can find an episode with Eric when I was talking to people from different states a couple years ago. And um, we had a great conversation. We've been friends for a long time. And Eric and I have an interesting relationship because we have different um, kind of political thoughts and ideations. And um, we are still friends. We disagree about some things. We agree about a lot of things. And I think in, in theory and what we want what's best for people, we agree about a lot. But we do disagree about some of our political thoughts. But we're still friends, and we are able to uh, not look past that, but be able to to just work together through all of that and to have conversations about it and uh, have a great friendship that challenges one another and helps one another because we are not the same. And so we had a great conversation, and I wanted to just add that into the feed on uh, weekly because, you know, you're cooped up at home. Maybe you want something to do. You finished watching uh, Tiger King or whatever documentary you might be watching at the time, and you've got about an hour. We have about a 54-minute conversation about being friends with people who you disagree with. And I think now more than ever, it's an important conversation in the world that we live in because it is polarizing and also it's paralyzing and difficult but uh, Eric and I have different thoughts but we are friends and we work together and I think it's worth listening to uh, to this episode to check out so I hope you enjoy this special edition of weekly and I uh, hope you're staying safe out there enjoy well here we are um, on this podcast with no name <laughs> do we have a name uh, I don't I think or a topic. How about this? How about we come up with a name at the end? Okay. The topic is like, um, can Republicans and Democrats still be best friends? So maybe for like clickbait, we should call it reps versus Dems. <laughs> That's right. That'll get real good in the YouTube searches. Yeah, dude. Yeah. That's, that's the question though, is, um, how, how do we, how do we navigate like, having difference of opinion and still remain close with people? That's a good question. Um, you know, you and I, I mean, one thing that's that's interesting to me is like, you. so we have this perspective of um, our morals, our political beliefs, and then our faith, and it's all kind of intertwined together, right? Because we work at churches and we're pastors and we <clears throat> you know, do all these things too. So we get the faith aspect of it along with the political aspect of it, with the morality of it. So there's a lot of things in play. And the thing that's really just the most frustrating from a a Christian perspective, from like a believer perspective, is how, for some reason, we won't show each other grace even though we disagree on things. Like we're supposed to 
try to see things from each other's perspective and, and prefer each other and give grace and not get all up in arms. But it's like as soon as, you know, one person says one thing, it's like everybody jumps on them. Either mm-hmm. side of the aisle. It's not sure. It's not always Republicans. It's not always Democrats. I mean, it's it's like both. And these people are just getting absolutely melee. And I'm like, you, we all go to church together. What's your problem? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it, it, it's it's weird, right? And I think that you and I are at a, an interesting age. Like, I'm 31. You're close. I'll be 31 this yeah, year. Yeah, you're 31. So we're like the, basically the same age. And yeah. like, <clears throat> we grew up in a, I don't know about you, but I grew up in a very like bubble <laughs> of thought and and like, you know, not just political thought, just like really any thought, a lot of homogeny there. And um you know, as I began reading things and, you know, going to college and, and, and not living here for a while. Right. And yeah. like coming back, like, you know, as I experience things, right. When you, when you learn new things and experience new things that shapes you, um, I was like, Oh, this is different. And I think that's okay. But then like, it became really clear that thinking different things is not okay. Right. right. Like shun the non-believer, you know, it's like, uh, I, I don't know. And so now, now we have this really weird situation where, yeah, like I, what you said, I think is so true. Like you can't, it's not okay to disagree and it's not even okay to like, you know, walk a mile in somebody else's shoes either. Right. Yeah. It's like, Oh, well, because you said X, Y, Z, well, we just can't be friends anymore. And it's like, that seems rash. Well, people take these super mm. harsh stances on, on, quite frankly, on things that don't matter. Now, there are things that do matter. Sure. And, and I believe that we should have opinions and stances on those specific things. But there are so many, yeah. you know, political talking points and highlights that I'm like, why Why are we arguing about this? This isn't, yeah. this isn't a reason to fight. Now, if we want to have good discussion and we want to make sure that our, our opinions are validated, things like that, that's completely different. And I think that's sort of what this episode is about is like, we're, we're yeah. going to talk about our opinions. We're going to talk about what we think about, you know, a handful of things. And, sure. and, and just because you think something differently than I do, that doesn't make your opinion, your life experience that's led you to that point of, <clears throat> of that decision. That doesn't make it any less valid. That just makes it different. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when we look at scripture, um, you know, what does, what does Paul tell us in scripture? You know, how to, if you look at the, the love section, Corinthians, mm-hmm. like you can, it, it doesn't just apply to marriage. It applies to all of us. It applies to how we treat each other. And mm-hmm. it also includes in politics and whether you're a, a conservative Republican or you're a liberal Democrat or, or whatever side of the aisle you're on, that doesn't change. That standard is the same mm-hmm. no matter what. And that's the standard that we should live by. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think too, you know, our brain likes to classify things, right? Like we create these modes of operation to help us do things faster. It's like, oh, that's a that, that this thing, it's that. And this person, they're that. And now I can move on. But but people are complex, right? If I've learned anything about people over the last few years is that they have a lot of oddities and complexities and things that make them who they are. And so if I judge someone based on one factor, I'm probably missing a lot more of the picture and and really offering grace to somebody is giving them a chance for their story to come through to see like why, 
why do you, okay, why do you think that, right? Why, right. why do you operate in that way? And a lot of times I found that there's a reason, right? Yeah, right. And it doesn't, and I'll say this too, um, that doesn't necessarily make them right. Sure. But it doesn't make you right either. You know, like being able yeah. to see things from someone else's perspective based on the life experience that they've had, which is different from you. So, you know, for example, you grew up here where we are, which is very conservative and, and, and the values are, you know, very like right leaning and things like that. Sure. I grew up pol- completely politically agnostic. <clears throat> I had <throat> no opinion. I wasn't. Um, I didn't grow up in the quote unquote church world at all. You know, I, I didn't really right. start going to church until I was in high school. So none of those, none of those, what you would consider like, like conservative values were really part of my upbringing whatsoever. Um, mm. So I've kind of formed my values, my thoughts and opinions. I've really only been shaped since I was an adult, since I turned 18 um, completely. Wow. So I, I didn't go from, I believe this one thing to not believe another thing. I went from, I have no idea what to think to now here, here I am, you know, based on the data that I have, based on the life experience that I have, this is just where I've landed for now. And that's like, that's so interesting, right? Like you on one hand are carrying a lot less baggage from that than other people. And you've been able to walk into it more like, um, I don't know, some kind of class or some sort of, you know, information driven thing where most people lead with, you know, what I've found is, is for the majority of people that I know is that they lead with their emotions first. Right. Absolutely. It's an, uh, yeah. they're, you know, whether it's political leanings or it's like whatever they think about something, right. It's or whatever like their parents pushed on them. Or, yeah. You know, it's whatever, like, yeah. you know, I can't eat at Popeye's cause Chick-fil-A is so good. It's like, well, you, right. could, you could actually eat at both of them because <laughs> right. they're both delicious. But you know, it's like, we want, we want to make everything like something you have to choose. And it's like, well, there's got to be like more than that. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and I, I just honestly came into it completely open-minded. I mean, completely. I, yeah. I didn't lean one way or the other. I wasn't even really, uh, you know, at that point in time, I hadn't really surrendered my whole life to Jesus either. So there wasn't mm-hmm. a, a, a religious or a, or a biblical. Yeah. yeah, there wasn't that component either. I was completely, you know, eyes okay. wide open. Let's let's see what this looks like because I knew. That as I was becoming an adult, as I was figuring these things out, I needed to understand how the world worked. Sure. And so I just started, you know, kind of on my own reading books and listening to, you know, the news and, and just different things to try to, like, form opinions. But here's yeah. the thing that I, I think is really important, especially today. And I think this is where, in my opinion, a lot of people misstep with what I'm about to say. A lot of people get their news from one source. They get sure. their news from one person or one source. <clears throat> and I think that's so incredibly unhealthy because yeah. there's no balance in that. Because you know as well as I do that people tend to have biases regardless of how how good or moral they claim to be. They have their biases and they have, you know, at least some sort of an agenda most of the time. I've sure. I don't know that I've ever heard a news anchor or a talking head or a political person say something um, about a about a policy or whatever that wasn't partisan that they didn't have like I'm gonna I lean to the right so here's kind of you know mm-hmm. what I mean like that just doesn't exist you know so for me I got all of my information from various sources 
You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. then that's what helped me form my opinion. And honestly, it kind of lied somewhere. When I really dug into it, it kind of lied somewhere in the middle. I wasn't, you know, super far right. I wasn't super far left. I was kind of like, I think I'm smack in the middle on a lot of this stuff. Yeah. You know, I think it's interesting because I think that we, you know, as we were talking about even recording this episode and talking about some of this was like, we're actually not that far probably away from each other. No. But like people would like us to think that we are worlds apart, right? When both of us are pretty close, probably to the middle of the aisle. Yeah. And that's really where probably a lot of people are, if they're honest, I think. Um, But I, I agree, you know, confirmation bias is, is a is quite a drug, right? You know, oh, we, absolutely. we want to be confirmed in what we think. And then we, and then when, you know, and that's fine, right? You like, obviously we, we exist in a way that we need like, uh, affirmation and stuff, but when it becomes, you know, that's how I get my news. That's how I get my everything. That's where the facts, you know, these are the facts and it's like, it, well, okay maybe, but maybe not. And everything has a bias, right? And even when I think about my time spent like in college and like hermeneutics classes and stuff like that, you know, I remember my professor saying like one of the hardest things to in reading the Bible is being honest about your own biases coming into it. Like approaching the scripture saying, this is what I already think. (laughs) Am I just looking to be confirmed in what I think by reading this, this text, or am I willing to let it, you know, to let it kind of speak and see what it means historically. Um, And it wasn't a removal of your bias. It's just an admission of this is who I am and what has shaped me. We can't run away from that. And I think that when you when you pretend like it's not real, that's that's where the problem really begins to seep in, right? It's like, oh, I I just you know, oh, I don't have a bias. It's like, yeah, we all do, and that's a it's okay. The best thing we can do is just admit it. Yeah, I mean, call call it for what it is, own it, you know, whatever you want to say there. Um, so yeah, kind of where I would like to move to um, <clears throat> in our discussion today is, you know, I'm I. I just want everybody to kind of understand who I am politically, where I, where my ideas sort of lie. Then I, I kind of want you to do the same. Sure. And then um, <clears throat> we'll kind of, then we'll see where we go from there. Um, we don't have an outline or a structure for this, but just I think we can have good conversation. So just yeah. right off the bat, um, I am a, I am a Republican by, if you were to define me, I am that. Um, I have conservative morals, conservative values, what I would consider conservative. Um, now, the, do I love everything the Republicans say or stand for? No, I don't. Um, but I do believe that life is important. Um, I do think that capitalism works. I've seen it work. Now, does it work long term? I have no idea, but it works for me now, so that's mm-hmm. fine. It's good enough for me in this moment. Um I do think that family is important. The family structure is important. I think that God has a, I don't think, I, based on my understanding of Scripture and my life experience, um, the Lord has a certain uh, setup that He has intended for the family structure um, to exist in. Um, and, yeah, that's about it. I mean, I, I think um, I think you should work hard. I think you should go to church. And, uh, you know, I think you should... Um, put a lot of emphasis and value into the family structure that, that God has set before us. So that's kind of where I lie on the political side. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I grew up for sure a Republican. 
voted for people such as John McCain and others. Um, and my political views started changing when I was, let's see, early 20s, probably, and started, you know, grew up in a world where I could never imagine voting for anyone other than a Republican, not because I even knew anything about politics, right? Just like, these are the, this is the good and there's, and there's bad and it's the other side, you know, (laughs) there's a dark side. And, um, I remember, I guess the first time that I voted like in a, like as a Democrat, you know, like in a primary where they're like, do you want to put on the Republican ticket or the Democrat ticket? And I'm like, a Democrat. And everyone looked at me with this like weird face, (laughs) you know, like, who are you? And uh, like, I, I remember the person who I knew looking at me like, Oh, okay. You know? And, um, so, so I guess, you know, technically I would be on the, on the Democrat side over, over the last, um, you know, eight, eight years or so. Um, I, here's my big thing. Um, I, I don't know that I believe in a giant government. Like, I don't know that I'm a social, I'm not a socialist. (laughs) I don't believe in socialism or even democratic socialism, but I do think that the government has opportunity for oversight to step in when, uh, the market is out of control. When, uh, capitalism has created monolith giants, there's an opportunity for breakup. I think that, um, you know, for me, healthcare is a big question, I don't know that I'm a total fan of Medicare for all in its entirety. Like there's some, I have some issues with it, but for me, just to give like some backstory, um, right before I got, well, actually it was after I got married. Technically I was diagnosed with type one diabetes and, um, like thankfully the, the, the year before that, while we were engaged, uh, the Affordable Care Act came into existence. And so, um, at, you know, before that time, like when, when my wife and I were going to get married, I was going to be kicked off my family's insurance, right? That was just a thing that happened. Um, but with the ACA, you could stay on that till you were 26 as an individual. So could my spouse, like heart on her parents' insurance as well. So like we were able to get married and take jobs at a small business that didn't offer insurance because, we could still have health insurance through our family and they didn't have to offer that. And, and that was a huge win initially just because we could like, get married and, and work there. Right. Cause we both were working at the same small business. And so that was cool. It was just an, an opportunity. But while I was there um, during that time, I actually developed type one diabetes. And then an interesting thing happened where insurance doesn't want to cover you anymore. And so I, you know, I don't know, maybe people out there like know this or not, but like it wasn't that long ago that people would just instantly deny you for insurance. And so when I started a job at a church after that, they had like a private plan. Um, like it was like a plan that people could pay into, but you had to apply for it. It wasn't really a group plan. Like everybody was an individual and they denied me like instantly. And it was okay because I was on my parents' plan. But then it became a problem when I had a kid <laughs> who isn't a dependent of my family, you know, isn't a dependent of my wife's family. Now they're my dependent. Uh, and that was a whole disaster, which we don't have to talk about. But, uh, you know, so for me, like my life has been my early adult life has been shaped by like I've seen the effects of what these like political things good and bad, like do to people. And that's made me more politically interested. So I would say that I'm a politically interested Democrat, if that makes sense. 
Um, I don't know that I subscribe to every, you know, I don't know if some, Democrats might not like me, <laughs> you know, like they might, they may, they may, they may, I don't subscribe to all ideologies, but I think voting wise, that's where I've landed in recent years. So is that, is it solely because of healthcare that that's why you're thinking goes that way? Which is a, don't get me wrong, yeah. it's a big thing. I'm not trying uh, to minimize that, but um, I mean, is it healthcare that, that, push that? I think it was the tipping point for sure. Um, and I think for me, a, a thing that I saw too, that bothered me was just like some of the, um, people would say one thing and do another, right? There was some disappointment of political people in the Republican sure. party, like sure. high sure. value, except when it actually serves me. Right. And that stuff just kind of like, like there became, a, I was seeing this this divide between, and maybe we can talk about this. Like, is Donald Trump actually a Republican? Because yep. like I don't think he is, uh, you know. But I think he's hurting people who are actually Republicans. And so, anyways, we can get to that in a minute, maybe. But sure. you know, so I think for me there was like this disconnect between what people were saying they valued, what they actually valued, and just a questioning of that. Um, so like, it's, I don't know. It's not just healthcare, but that probably honestly is the biggest thing. It's a, and it's a big thing. I mean, I'm <clears throat> I'm sitting in a position right now where I don't have health care because I'm a sole proprietor. Sure. And I'm single income, and I quite honestly just can't afford it. It's like... Yeah, it's insane. Uh, for me, it's... They wanted like $470 a month. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, there's no there's no way. I mean, mm-hmm. for, for me to be able to afford that. So, you know, like I said, I'm in a position where I, I don't have health insurance. So I'm just... I got to figure that out. Yeah. Um, and there's no path forward for that. At all, right? Know, after you've made a million phone calls and, and done all the things, basically they're like, "Well, you know, you can have sort of kind of health coverage for five hundred dollars a month, or take your chances." And yeah. a lot of hospitals, if you don't have insurance, they're more willing to work with you than if you have garbage insurance. So, yeah, at this moment, isn't in that time, crazy? Hopefully, it, yeah, and hopefully it doesn't stay this way forever. But I mean, at this sure. moment in time, I'm just doing what I got to do and and <laughs> praying against COVID nineteen. <laughs> That's right. We are we are doing this podcast not in person because uh, you know because safety. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hashtag social distancing. That's right. Hashtag which is important. We're not making. I'm it not is. making. No, light we're of not. I'm glad we're doing. <sighs> We're just making light of it because it's it's real. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because right. that's where we're living. Because we kind of have to laugh a little bit to get through this craziness. That's, that's right. Yeah, just uh, laugh so, so just to give die. you guys some, to give you guys some uh, just insight to where we are. So um, today is what is today? March twenty seventh. March twenty seventh. Um, we have just surpassed China and Italy for the most confirmed cases <sighs> yeah. of COVID nineteen. Um, we don't, the death, the death rate isn't as high as theirs. Um, but hopefully, um, that stays that way, but we just don't know yet. Um, they're working on potential cures, things like that. So not, not to dive deep into that, but just to kind of, if you're listening to this in the future, 2022, um, what are they yammering on about? It's like, right. Giving you an idea sort of where we are. So, um, I really do though, uh, going back to what you said a minute ago, I did kind of want to talk a little bit about our president. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't want to do a deep dive into it. Sure. Um, But I I do want to talk about something you said that I thought was very interesting that I, the same thought that I've had as well is, yeah, I I don't know that, that Donald Trump is a, has always been, or is a Republican. Mm -hmm. You know, he, if you kind of look back through his history, he's always supported Democrats and funded Democrats and he always seemed to be Democrat and, 
and then he, you know, made the move to to Republican, and and here we are, uh, if that's what you want to call it. You know, I <clears throat> uh, first let's do this. Um, give me just your kind of uh, feelings on on the current state of of our presidency. Um. <laughs> okay. Let's see. I mean, I, I think I think that we are in a time where people are unsure what to believe, but they really wanted to hold on to power because, and here's, and here's what happened, which, you know, I like at, during this like election, like the last election, 2016, I was very much not interested in any Republican candidate. So I just watched it from afar, right? Just like a spectator. And I watched all these people say, there's no way, you know, we, we, there was this bastion of morality that people were trying to stand on. Uh, you know, you had like Jeb Bush, Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, all these people who were like, this is what a Republican is. I've been one for a long time. If we let Donald Trump be the nominee, we're going to lose that. Right. Even like Lindsey Graham, who's like Donald Trump's sidekick. Now he was saying things like, I mean, there's clips of him on the air saying like, if we elect Donald Trump, this country's over, you know, like all this kind of stuff. Like, Like we can't do this. And then something shifted and they're all like, he's pretty amazing and we love him. And I don't understand why that shifted. And then I thought, well, you know, if he becomes president, he'll do the smart thing and put people around him who are um, seasoned veterans who, you know, have done this for a long time. Like there are people in politics that care. I don't think that like every Republican is spineless, but like, I don't, but maybe they are now, you know, like, I don't know, because all of them have just kind of bowed down to whatever he says. And I don't understand that because I don't know that he really knows what he's talking about, but no one's pushing back on him until now. You're seeing some of these healthcare, you know, professionals and world health organization, Dr. Fauci, these guys are like actually saying, well, that's not exactly true. But like, like, so my, my thought is like, what shifted between the, uh, sort of primary season and then him become, you know, even, even at the Republican national convention, Ted Cruz stands up and tells people to vote their conscience. Right. And then two weeks later, he's like singing his praises. And so my, 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 like, I just wonder where, like what shifted and why do you want my opinion on that? Sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is, this is strictly opinion. Sure. Okay. I have no data to back this up whatsoever. Yeah. <clears throat> I think, Honestly, I think we kind of all at one time, there was like this perfect storm, I think, mm-hmm. where we got thrust within about a year into a world that whoever is the loudest is the most correct. Sure. And I think what happened was they looked at it and they said, um, he's boisterous and loud and confident and maybe he sounds ridiculous, but he owns it. And I think that mattered to a lot of people. I really do. Um, I think when it came and I think, too, it was the only way the Republicans knew they had a chance because you had Mm. like Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio and these guys who were. Yes, they were smart and they were well versed and they were all these things. Right. But they weren't they couldn't go toe to toe with with, you know, Bernie Sanders or Hillary Clinton. They couldn't go toe to toe with them in a debate. They could not win. And Trump. 
did. I mean, he did win those, you know, some of them. He pulled high during those debates, and, and yeah, maybe he said some things that were out of bounds or whatever, and I'm not saying that's okay. But Right, yeah, we're not talking I about mean, the substance it, of what he said. We're yeah, just saying it really came in the, down in the, to theater, like, the theater of the debate. Exactly. He, he did something. So here's my thing, okay, and I've said this for a few for since he became the president. Yeah, don't don't blame him that the system's broken. Sure, don't blame him for that. It's completely, it's it's America's fault. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, basically because you have you have so much political discourse, so many people that are trying to have an opinion and have a voice, so they're just getting louder and louder and louder. They're mm. not getting more correct. They're just getting more outrageous, in my opinion. And that's both sides. Don't get me wrong. Sure. They're just getting more outrageous. And my opinion is at the time, you had the perfect storm of people did not trust Hillary Clinton because of what she did to Bernie Sanders and what the, the Democratic sure. Party did to Bernie Sanders. You, they did not trust them. And I have so you had the perfect of storm of that. And sure. then like, oh, well, Trump, at least he's honest in the sense that he's going to say what's on his mind. He's not going to hide anything. You know, yeah. Like and that. it felt like I'm, I'm imagining if I'm imagining someone who thought I should vote for Donald Trump. I, and I know people obviously who did, who said like, I just wanted something different. You know, I just wanted something different. And it's like, that's fair. I mean, that's a hundred percent. Um, that, you know, that's fair. And, and two, I think my this was my view on, on Trump when he first kind of came onto the scene. The guy's a brilliant businessman. He's a billionaire for a reason. I mean, he didn't just goofball his way into being worth, you know, billions and billions of dollars, sure. right? So I my thinking is like, well, if he can do what he's done with his businesses and, and other things, there's a really good chance and it's a risk I was willing to take as well, mm. that he can do that with our country. And, you know, and there's there's some debate on, you know, whether it was Obama's policies that that, you know, that you can attribute the economic boom to or if it's been Donald Trump. I think it's a little of both. If I'm being honest, I'm, I'm not trying to write off everything that Obama, the policies that he put into place. Sure. Um, but I do think Trump uh, has made some good decisions in that arena. And um, I think that that, you know, we have jobs back. Factories are back. Um, you know, people, large companies like Apple and Facebook, for example, um, they're bringing their money back into our country, which I think is an important thing. I, I think my my wondering is why, and maybe that, like, <laughs> I don't know, right? I, I'm not even trying to frame this. Like, I think that, that Trump is, is a narcissist, right? And I think that's why he can't let people who are actually good at their jobs do their jobs. Um, and I really wish, you know, I think a lot of people wish that he would, you know, have, have, have put in, put in a cabinet that was capable of doing their jobs and letting them do it. Um, you know, and I, I wonder the long-term effects of some of that lack of, you know, knowing, you know, know when to hold them and know when to fold them kind of thing. It's like, if if you can have tact, you can say, hey, you know what? Um, I'm actually not great at this, so I'm going to bring someone along with me to do this for me. But well, but he's a I, th- I think I, I don't disagree. I think on its face, that makes a lot of sense. But he is a tried and true um, businessman. And that's what business people do. You know, they they own it, because at the end of the day, when you own a business, 
um, it's all on you. It doesn't matter who you hire, sure. or who you fire. Um, you know, everything rises and falls with leadership. And I think that's a, the approach, right or wrong. I think that's the approach he's taking to his presidency as well is it's either going to fail or it's going to succeed solely on him. And when it succeeds, he makes sure you know that he did it. That's my fear with Trump is I'm not even as afraid of some of his policies because, again, I, I don't know that he believes in them necessarily. He just believes in what feels right sure. to say. Like the other day, he was like, we're going to be open by Easter. Like, he doesn't believe that. He just is right. like, oh, Christians know right. about Easter. That sounds good. <laughs> it's like, that. that's a good story. It's like, sure, that's a great story. Like, it doesn't. I don't put any weight to that, but I, but I don't, but I yeah. am afraid of someone who um, can't take criticism and can't take information. And it makes me think about a talk that I heard Malcolm Gladwell give in 2009 at a catalyst conference. And he talked about what do we do in times of difficulty? And he, he, he said this quote and it's always stuck with me. He said in times of crisis, um, basically what we need is um, like, shoot, how did he say it? Basically, he said this, in a time of crisis, we need a leader with humility. And that's my fear with Trump. And anything that happens is like, I don't think that he has humility because I mean, well, because he says that he doesn't, right? It's like, He's, you know, when someone asked him if he'd ever prayed for forgiveness, he said, well, what have I done that I need to do that? You know, it's like, okay, that's, that's a thought. <laughs> and I, I believe him that he thinks that, you know, so that's my concern. Yeah. That's my biggest concern. I think with him is that he has a lack of humility and that his brashness feels like confidence. It feels like strength, but like what, it, when it's not, what's going to, who's going to take the brunt of that. That's my fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and like, and like I said on the onset, you know, I, I don't love everything he said. I don't love sure. everything he's done. Um, there, you know, there are a few things that I'm like, yeah, this is great. This is good for our country. And then there are things that I'm like, mm, I don't know about this, you know? Um, so we can, we can really talk yeah. uh, Trump all day. Um, yeah. And I would rather not. <laughs> Yeah. I, I don't have a good answer. Um, I wish I did. The only thing I can say is uh, I think that because the Democratic Party is, they don't mm-hmm. even like each other. You know what I mean? Like they're yelling and screaming at each other. Sure. So until they can get along and kind of get their get their stuff together and, and figure out where they're going as a, as a party and where they want the country to go right. and all get on the same page, we're just, we're going to get four more years of Trump. And, you know, I mean, that's just what it's Yeah, I... I share similar fears <laughs> and, uh, and I, you know, I really did think after 2016 and the debacle that that was with the DNC, with Hillary, with Bernie, with all that stuff, right? There's a lot of issues, uh, that weren't even related yeah. to policy, right? Like we're, we're just talking about function, all, right. <laughs> how the, exactly. the democratic party works is kind of a disaster. And I thought, man, here's your time. Like, Hillary has her sort of swan song last shot didn't work. Okay. Bye. You know, like, well, I mean, you even saw it with this stimulus bill with, uh, the speaker with Nancy Pelosi. She, I mean, she took the, it's, 
it's very frustrating to me that she took a national, a global, sorry, a global sure. emergency as a platform to push it, her agenda. Yeah, the the thing about, you know, and, and even the thing that bothered me was about, like, airline industries and like it was like, well, we, yep. you know, if we're going to help them, they have to they have to like do better on some regulations. And it's like, I mean, I don't know that I disagree with that, like whole like totally. But I'm like, I don't know that today's the day, <laughs> you know, exactly. Yeah. Can we put a contingency in where we're going to revisit this when the world is OK. You know, I mean, I think some of their initial concerns were good because there was opportunities for people, uh, for CEOs to do stock buybacks and fire all their employees and they could do that. And like, that's not cool. Right. So like, let's put contingencies in for that for sure. Um, You know, and and some of those things I think were worth fighting for. But yeah, some of the right there's I think what you're saying is there's a lot of fracture in what's going on and no one there's not a clear message. Right. And and that's. You know, you look at someone like Bernie and you look at someone like Joe Biden who are very, very different. It's wild. Right. And and and, you know, when I look at the Republican Party, other than maybe Trump, especially initially, they were all very similar, which is why none of them became a front runner. Right. It was like, oh, what's the difference between Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio? Like, I don't know. Right. Like, do you, I mean, can, I can't think of one thing that, that actually like, oh, that's a thing they have a difference of. Which is what, which is exactly what the Democratic Party uh, attacked or, or went after. Yeah. Or that's the, that's the, um, you know, the thing that they were using to say, you know, do you want another, you know, rich white right. man in charge kind of thing, right? I mean, that those were ads right. like all over the place all the time. When you know your front runner for the Democratic Party is the rich, yeah. Man. Look where we are now. But, you know, <laughs> three, but, yeah, three exactly. old white so men. My, so my thing is this, and then and then let's let's move on from here. Yep. Um, regardless of political leaning, whatever. Um, one thing you can say regarding uh, in regards to the Republican Party, we talked about. You just mentioned the Democratic Party is fractured, and there's all kinds of a mess. Regardless of that, mm. the Republican Party, by and large. Of course, you're going to have outliers. They've pretty much presented a united front. You know, they've showed support for our president. I believe they have questioned him on things that are valid to question him on. They've pushed a, they've pushed back on things that are valid to push back on because that's important. Checks and balances is important. Having accountability sure. is important. I think there's a vast difference between accountability and a fracture. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So, okay. So I, I, yeah, I, I agree. I think to some degree. So here's my question. What are, what are they going to do after Trump? Right. Let, let's say that my, yeah, <laughs> that I'm question. not pleased about this, but Trump becomes president for the next four years. Right. Let's say that that becomes a reality and then, it's, and then he's done. Um, what is, what is going to happen after that? <laughs> I don't I don't think anybody knows. I really don't. I mean, it's it's going to be it is going to be absolutely wild. And, you know, there I've even thought this regarding that question. I've thought I think this is going to be there's a good chance that this is going to end up being a time where we rethink the system altogether. I'm not saying we're going to throw out the Constitution. I'm not saying any of that. Yeah, I'm saying I think there will be a large amount of people that say hey 
maybe this should stop being a popularity contest. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, we need to put all these provisions in for you can't have, uh, you know, political ties or you can't have sure. personal ties or financial ties to this. And maybe this term and this. limits. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, I think it'll be a time where we're going to have to kind of switch to you're going to get elected based on merit, education, experience, and trustworthiness, not, you know. Not who's who, famous. You know, who Who's going to back you? Where's your money going to come from? You, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's just a big popularity contest based on how much money you have sure. at this point. It really is, you know, when you when you really boil it down. So hopefully we get rid of a lot of that. Well, and that's, I mean, that's how, that's how, you know, well, I mean, look at Mike Bloomberg, right? Um, that joker spent half a billion dollars on political ads to get into to two debates and to get destroyed in, you know, on Super Tuesday. And it's like, you, you, like you can fix, you could fix the water crisis in Flint, Michigan for $50 million. And he spent right. 10x that on Facebook ads. <laughs> he could have fixed yep. every water crisis in mission. Like, you know, and it's like, so on one hand, like we have all these problems in our, in our country that are big and vast, right? Like I get it. Healthcare, climate change, like all these kind of things are problems that are big, but like, let's be creative, you know? Exactly. Uh, and, and I think like, even in this conversation, I think both of us are in some ways trying to pull pull good out of something that we don't know is that great. And, you know, like, 100%. and that's why I think we can, that's why I think in all of this we can get along because we realize that, like, we're trying to make the best out of a broken, really dumb system. <laughs> and this is, and this is really what I wanted to get to with, with our conversation today. I think this is a good a good place to kind of um, wrap things up is is really like when I said, you know, we need to rethink how we do the entire system. I think it's going to take sure people <clears throat> kind of coming across the aisle, yeah. stop bickering, stop having biases and, and partisanship and saying, what is literally black and white best for our country, right? Sure. And, you know, what, what you and I texted about when we were talking about kind of doing this episode is, you know, my thing is I want to stay close enough to the inside of the aisle that I can reach across and shake your hand. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be so far yeah. to the right that we can't come to an agreement and do what's best for the greater good mm-hmm. for people, right? And I think that's where we have to get to as a country. Now, there are there are a million opinions on what is best for our country and what is best for people. But at the end of the day, sure. This is what I what I truly believe at the end of the day, you know, among the most important things for our country, right, is security, wealth, and health care. Yeah. If we can get those right, if we can get those things right. I think so many other things are going to take care of themselves. I really strongly believe that. Sure. And I think what you're seeing too is that as, you know, as we are becoming, you know, adults, um, you know, as we're kind of growing into, you know, the majority class here of people, right? Like as millennials are becoming older, we're, we're becoming the majority workforce, yeah. uh, potentially the majority voting force, except millennials don't vote. Right. So you should vote, you know, and well, that's another thing. Side sidebar. When you look at 2016 and this, this just, and this, this confirms exactly what we're talking about. I saw this map recently, which was here's everyone that voted for Clinton. Here's everyone that voted for Trump. And here's everyone who could have voted but didn't vote. Yeah. And the not voting people won the Electoral College by a landslide. 
Right. Like they did yeah. a state breakdown, you know, like if that candidate, you know, the, the one that no one voted for, they, they won like a uh, 200, like 290 of the, <laughs> like, so the people didn't vote, you know, it's crazy. But, but let me ask you this. How much so, of that is people are just so I mean, I think, incredibly I, yeah. tired of the system, of the rhetoric, the back and forth, the argument, the he said, she said, the who's right on this thing. I mean, how many people are just so I'm so I'm so fed up with all of it. I really am. I, yeah, we can agree on that for sure. Um, you know, but and so I agree, like it's going to take some, you know, coming beside each other, being close enough to shake hands and be near yep. each other. Uh, right now, six feet away for sure. But, you know, uh, meta- metaphysically, we're, we're yep. close um, to think about creative ways to solve problems. And isn't that I think it's so wonderful that, you know, that's what you and I do. See, we're different politically. Yeah. Right. But when we sure. but when you and I team up, like we show each other a ton of grace and we've accomplished some great things. I mean, we've solved totally. a lot of really good problems. And this is such a small, you know, sample size. You know, the things we're doing aren't aren't, you know, they don't affect national <laughs> yeah. security. Don't get me wrong. But by us, by me saying, James, th- this is exactly what I do. I tell you this all the time. Like you have a big, beautiful brain, right? <laughs> and I recognize that. So I say he is stronger in these areas than I'm in. So in these areas, I'm going to defer to you. And yeah, I may have an opinion or I may challenge your line of thinking in some things. But ultimately, probably 90 percent of the time, I'm going to go ahead and just defer to you because I trust that. And then I would imagine um, and I've I've seen this in action, actually, like there are things that I am better at than you are that you defer to me on. Yeah. And and that's that that's what that important give and take should be to say, okay, here's your strengths, here's your weaknesses. How can we use your strengths and you know weaknesses to to really sure each other up? Right. Um to kind of cover a multitude of things by doing that and just come together on this stuff. And if we would just stop being so divisive, if you would stop sharing garbage, not you, James, but in general, yeah. if people would stop sharing garbage on social media, just Ugh. stop talking about it all together, love one another, keep your mouth shut, pray for your country. Like, where would we be? And, and I'm specifically talking about people that are believers. Like, I'm specifically yeah. talking to those people right now. Like, you are not doing anybody any good, especially yourself, by being politically obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Because you have an opinion doesn't mean it matters. It doesn't make yeah. it important all the time. Right. Okay? So, like, my thing is, like, before you tweet something or post something, just think about it. Think about how it's going to affect your fellow man who you are commanded to love. Sure. Right? Yeah. And, and that's, that's man, that's that's the overarching thing, right, is that as as people who would say that, you know, that we are believers, we follow Jesus, we believe these things. Um, I think we are called to a, you know, higher standard of that, of considering the other, you know, yeah. who's my brother? Like, you know, it's like Cain and Abel is like, you know, am I my brother's keeper? Yeah, you are. <laughs> and, and that is like, like if we want to be radical, like that's radical, right? Absolutely. To, to care for the other. Yep. And it's, it's hard because, you know, the other is, is closer than you think probably. Yeah. It's, it's your neighbor. It's your friend. It's that guy that drives you crazy. You know, like those are the other, right? And eh, man, if we can get to that place more holistically, I do think 
we, we would be better for that because, because then we would actually think what's best for the most people. Right. And right now, regardless of party, the people that are in charge in large, not everyone, like I'm not, I'm not lumping every politician together because I do think there are some really good people, but it's like, if we thought what's best for the most people, we could get a lot done. Yes. <laughs> you know, exactly. we could do, we could do some really cool stuff. And, and like you said, like you and I have collaborated on some things where someone has presented us a problem, right? Hey, I need this thing or we need to produce this thing. How could we even do it? Right. And we're like, Oh, that's not that hard. Like, what if we could do that with, with other things, Yes. right? Like millennials, if we're anything, we're innovative, right? Yep. We're yep. good at being lazy also. Like I, <laughs> I'll admit to that. Well, it's, I, <laughs> you mean, know, but, I think millennials are, we're good at being efficient. Yeah. Efficient. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like we're good at getting stuff done in, in sometimes the easiest way, but like we're good at done. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. Like I, yeah, if I can, if I can figure out a way to automate something, I can do it. Right. And to some people that looks like me being a wizard, but like, I'm not a wizard. Right. People, people say that all the time. Like, oh, I can't, how do you even do that? It's like, it's not magic. Yeah. It's just a computer or a soundboard or programming. Like it's not actually, but you don't understand it. So it feels like magic. Like we need to find people in, in government positions that can do that. Right. And what it is, is it's a willingness to say, um, I don't have the answer, so I'm going to go look Mm -hmm. until I find it and figure it out. Yeah. I'm not going to give up. There's a tenacity. Right. Yeah. So it's almost like I think people in politics now is like, hey, I already know the answer. Now, what's that question again? Yes. (laughs) Man, that's great. And that, you know, if I had to sum up, it's like, yeah, I have the answer. What question would you like to ask? And instead of saying, hey, what's the what's the problem here? And then saying we could solve this solution. Right. I think that's the default. You know, healthcare, I mean, is a great example of, well, it's just we who 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 could solve it? It's like um, we could, I don't know. Like, why can't we solve that? We, right. Yeah. I mean, it could absolutely, there is a solution that works. I mean, there is one. Yeah. We haven't thought about it because everybody brings in their own bias, their own opinion, their own this, their own that. There's no willingness to, to meet in the middle, um, or, or not a lot of willingness to meet in the middle. There are people who say, well, I'll concede to that. Well, there's no humility in that either. Mm. You know what I mean? And no, concession means I'm still right, but I'll let you do this. <laughs> there's no humility in concession. Humility says, you know what? That part of your thing, it's better than mine, and let's use it. Like yep. let's graft Absolutely. that into something. Yeah. yeah, I agree. So, so I mean, we if we can get there, you know, even if we start small, like e- even if we just say, you know. Um, for for anybody that's listening, I mean, even if you just say, hey, um, the next time I have a real conversation with someone who's on the other side of the aisle as I am, um, I'm just going to hear them out. Mm-hmm. I am going to take their life experience into consideration. I'm going to take their current situation into consideration, and I'm going to try to understand why they think the way they think. And I promise you, if you extend yeah. that courtesy to someone else, they're going to more than likely be more willing to extend that courtesy right back to you. And you're going to re- you can build a great friendship out of that. And you can because the thing is, is, sure. is just because we're different doesn't mean that we can't make each other better. And that's the whole point of this is God makes us different yeah. so that we can improve each other's lives. Because if we were all the same, what would be the point? 
but it does take it does take some effort. Absolutely. And I think that's where I think that's, you know, I think what we're saying and even in our friendship, right? I think as we became like closer friends, right? When you just like know someone, you're like, "Hey, what's up?" like like that you can it doesn't really matter what you think about yeah. stuff, but as you develop a friendship, like eventually you say things or, you know, you experience something that's like, "Oh, I see. That is, Absolutely. you know, you you have a different thought than me." And so for us, it, I don't think it was ever a really difficult thing that we no, worked through because we just did yeah. it. Like, I don't look back and like, oh, Eric, I remember when I found out that he was this. And it's like, I, I don't remember that. But but obviously, as we've talked and, and had a friendship for the last few years, we've discovered things that we don't agree on. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the way we worked through that was, huh, that's pretty interesting. OK, you know, and I, I don't know it. It's not that it's not that hard to work through that, but it does take some amount of effort, and it takes you to remove that knee jerk reaction, right? Of like, uh, <laughs> you know, like I can't, I can't be friends with yeah. someone that does that. It's like, why? Well, you can. And too, I'll just add to that as well. Like, yeah, it makes you a better, more well rounded human being if you're willing to do that, like to put the time in to understand other points of view and perspective. And this is another thing that I thought was really important that needed to be said. Um, Never be close-minded. If you make a decision or form an opinion on something with the data that you have, well, don't ignore new data when it comes up. Mm -hmm. Be willing to move off of that thing. When you get new information, be willing to reshape the way you think about things. Don't be scared of change. Don't be scared of evolving into a more well-rounded person. That that doesn't mean it has to be big and drastic. Don't get me wrong. Sure. Um, but that does mean that you can you can um, understand what it is to put yourself in someone else's shoes, and you can understand better um, how to love them where they are rather than expecting them to love you where you are. And that's really what's yeah. so I think so important is is all the time we want someone to accept us for who what for who we are and what we think and what we do. But are we saying, you know what, I'm going to love you for all those things first. My last thought is this is uh, Anne Lamont says the most powerful uh, two words in the English language are me, too. Yeah. And it's like when you can see the other. Right. When you can see someone else and, and empathize with them. Um, that's when I think real friendship and connection happens. And so, man, in, in this age of clickbait and headlines and, you know, instant um, polarization, like just press in like one degree. Right. Just like engage one more question. Like just ask why. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like the five whys thing. You know, why, 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 you know, why is this? Well, why is that? You know, it's like, man, if I. And maybe that, and maybe that's what happened with us, right? Is one of us said something, and so, and the other one said, "Why do you think that?" <laughs> oh well, it's because this. Oh, well, I know that. Well, that's a good thought. Yeah, and not to get down into a rabbit trail, but I mean that that was really what sparked so much interest in me wanting to really build a friendship is because you know, like we became acquaintances and we followed each other on social media, and I would see you comment on things or post things or whatever, and none of it was like outrageous, right? But it was different than what I thought. And so Mm. I looked at it and went, man, I think James can add value Mm -hmm. to my life because he thinks about things in a way that I can't. And that's a good thing. And I think we all need friends like that that can think about things how we can't think about them. Because like I said before, I'm being redundant 
it makes us better humans. That's I think that's what we're trying to say. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I like it. Took us an hour and twelve minutes to get to hey, there. You know what? That's all we were trying to say. <laughs> 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 However long this episode ends up being, I think we arrived there. Yeah. So be friends with each other. And that doesn't mean you can't disagree. It doesn't mean you can't be honest with each other. Absolutely. But it does mean that there's opportunity for growth. And if you approach that, your life will be better, right? I can I can I can guarantee you that because of the friendships that I've made along the way with people. When I've engaged with them, my life has improved um, more than winning an argument on the internet. For sure. So yeah. <laughs> there's more there's more to life than that. Absolutely. So pursue that and stay safe. <laughs> 